We're continuing in our Gavaldiga Sugya of Emuna. It's been a while since we gave the last Sheh, but we've got quite a bit to uh, continue to do. Uh, today's Sheh, and actually the rest of the series, is very kindly sponsored. Refush Lemeli Sheba Bas Sora. A Gyoris full of Emuna, full of Betochen, very positive in the middle of her sickness. And Be'ez Hashem, the Schos of the Torah from this Sheh, should be a tremendous Refush Shalema. For her, Besoich Shah Yisrael. Thank you for that tremendous uh, opportunity and for partnering with us, Beis Hashem. Let's continue. So, I want to start today with an interesting idea uh, brought down in this forum of Reb Nossen, Reb Nossen being one of the Iketalmidim of Reb Nachman Rebreslov. And he says the following idea, which I think is a very interesting idea which I would like to share with you, if that is okay. So, basically like this. The, there was a Rebbe, by the Rebbe, his name was the Rebbe of Tulchin. And he was a Talmud of Rebbe Nassim, of Breslov, who, as I said, was one of the Iketalmidim, who wrote down the Torah of Rebbe Nachman. And he basically said to Rebbe Nassim that, you know, I feel bad that I didn't have the privilege of knowing Rebbe Nachman of Breslov Personally, Sir Abnasan said to him in a, in a very stark way, he said, who has the audacity to say that they know Reb Nachman from Breslov? Yosef Frunik? Now, who is Yosef Frunik? Yosef Frunik was a simple guy, a yid, who operated a ferry on the river. Now, all day long, he would transfer people from one side of the river to the other side of the river, Okay. Now, Reb Nachman of Breslov would often use Yosef Frutnik's services all the time. So Yosef used to boast and he used to say, Oh, I spent a lot of time with Reb Nachman, I knew him very well. So Nassim, Talmud of Reb Nachman, used to stress that the physical knowledge of someone or something is totally meaningless. Yosef Frutnik knew what Reb Nachman looked like, but he had no idea and had not the faintest clue about Rav Nachman's incredible, spiritual, ginormous personality and his stature. Right? To know Rav Nachman, explain Rav Nachman, you have to understand his teachings, you have to understand his Torah, you have to understand his panemius, not just what he looked like. Right? And therefore, a Talmud, according to that, explain Rav Nachman, can actually know a tzaddik in the next generation more than a contemporary acquaintance that saw him in flesh and blood. Yosef Frutnik not only saw Rav Nachman, but he even, he even touched him. He helped him on the ferry, he helped him off, whatever. Right? But physical proximity isn't generally nothing to do with spiritual awareness. And therefore, you know, he was a simple ferryman, which was very nice, but he was far removed from the Tzadik. He had no idea of Rav Nachman's holiness, his Chochmah, and of course his Torah as well. And explains Rav Nachman, and this is why I'm telling you this. Why am, why am I telling you this? He explains... The same thing applies to the knowledge of the Rabbi Nishalaylam. The Nishama in the higher world takes tremendous pleasure in the or in the light of the Rabbi Nishalaylam, without knowing anything of Hashem. And it also resembles the ferryman who boasted he knew Rab Nachman when really he knew nothing more than the color of Rab Nachman's beard. And therefore, what we have to realize when we talk about Emuna. Is it's it's what we're trying to do is almost get to know the Rabbi Nishalayim Kaviyochal, if we could say the words. You know, when I was in America, uh, I had this chosu meeting many many people, 
And I met one particular Yid, who is a Yid who literally lives with Hashem. I spoke to him for just a few minutes, but sometimes a few minute conversation can reveal to you that you know that that person, you know, you can, a lot about the person. This person I spoke to is a Balabos, I'm sure he learns, but he lives with the Rabbi Shalom. He push it, lives with Hashem. In other words, everything about his life was, there's a Rabbi Shalom, for example. I was telling him, you know, a bit about my plans of America, I'm trying to meet this one, I'm trying to meet that one, you know, I have to do my shtadlis. And he said to me, which is so true, and that, you know, puts the whole trip into perspective, when I go on these fundraising trips, ultimately the Rabbi runs the world. Rabbi has got enough money to support every yeshiva, every organization, every person in the world. But we have to do our shtadlis. We have to do our shtadlis, that's our obligation. In life, our obligation is to establish. Emun in Hashem is the belief that the Rabbi Nishan can do everything. Yes, we sometimes, we're living in a physical world and therefore we have to do things in order for things to happen. We have to daven, we have to make a pranasa, we have to work, we have to do, you know, go to the store to buy things, it's not just going to come on our doorstep, it's not like the mon. We're living in a world where we have to do things, but ultimately to realize, to live with the Rabbi Nishan changes your life. Why? Because everything that happens to you, everything, whether it's good, whether it's bad, is the Rabbi Nishlana. When you live with Hashem, when you practice Emunah in your life, you will change your whole mindset and your perspective to, there's a Rabbi Nishlana. So let's say right now something's happening that I, I, it's just, I can't understand. Why did the Rabbi Nishlana do this? There's a Rabbi Nishlana. We, we don't understand everything. We don't always have the answers. And that's fine. We don't have to have the answers. Right? As we have said many times before, the Kavayosha, brings Modika Maisa. Listen to this Maisa. He brings a Maisa from the Ramban. One of the Rishonim. And the Ramban says as follows. He had a Talmud who was very, very sick. And this Talmud looked like he was going to go to the Olam MS. It looked like he was going to leave the world. And the Ramban used the opportunity. He sat with the Talmud. He said, listen, you're about to leave the world. Right? Normally you don't do that. But he, whatever, he understood that this is what he had to do. You're about to leave the world. I have questions of how the Rabbani Shalom runs the world. I don't understand. Why does Hashem do this? Why does Hashem do that? Why does this person suffer? Why does that person have a good life? Well, what's the trap? Which is ultimately Moshe Rabbeinu's question, right? Moshe Rabbeinu asked the question of the Rabbeinu, why do good people have a hard life? Why do you know, bad people have a good life? That's a famous question. The Chavis has a terrorist. Okay. The Rabban said to him, listen, I have questions of how the Rabbeinu runs the world. And I would really like answers. Could you do me a favor? I'm going to give you a list of questions. And I'm going to give you the password to get to the highest place in Shemaim, right? There are seven levels. I'm going to give you a password to get to each one. You'll get to the Rabbi we get to Kisakovit. Ask the Rabbi Nishalayim my questions, and then come back to me in a dream and tell me. Okay? Kaba Yosha brings the Maisa. So he did it. He told him. The Talmud, unfortunately, left this world. And a couple of weeks later, whatever it was, the Talmud comes in a dream. And says, you know, they always have Dhamma, they give us, I'm not allowed to come back in a dream, and whatever, but they let me, because I told you that they would, and you're the Ramban, fine. But he said to him, Rebbe, I want you to explain something. You had questions of how the Rabban Shum runs the world. When I got to Shemayim, each level that I went higher and higher and higher, closer to the Kisar Kovod, more and more of those questions just fell away. They were no longer questions anymore. They, they weren't even Shailas. I, I, they didn't bother me. And that's something that we have to understand, but it's something that we have to practice, something you have to live with. If we have emuna in Hashem, our lives become better lives. Our lives become much more calm lives. We've spoken about this before. Right? It's, it's a very, very important thing. If a person wants a relationship with the Rabbi Nishalolam, he has to have emuna and he has to have betochen. The Chazanish famously described emuna 
as the body of halachas pertaining to betochen, while betochen is the actual fulfillment of the halachas of emuna. If you understand what I'm saying, as we believe that the rabbi Nishim created the world and continues to run all of creation, the rabbi Nishim had the koyak to create the world from nothing. There was nothing here. And the Rebbeinu created the world. And he didn't just leave the world. He kept the world going and he continues every day, every moment. Even though there is no time in the Rebbeinu world. But to our understanding and our limited physical brain. The Rebbeinu created the world and continues to run the world. How can it be that the Rebbeinu will do something that's not good? It cannot. Everything is good. We don't see it. We don't understand it. But you know what? Our limited brain doesn't allow us to. Because we're in a physical world. And therefore we cannot fully understand it. But we have to believe that every Nisoyen that comes our way, and we all get Nisoyenus, that's life. Since the Shoram, we've quoted this countless times. Everything's a Nisoyen. People have this Nisoyen, people have that Nisoyen, people have different Nisoyenus, different, different times of life, whatever it is. But we have to realize, in truth, it comes from the Rabbani Shalom. So if you live with the Mun, if you live that everything's Hashem, Whatever happens to be good, bad, more, yes, whatever it is, it's the Rabbanishalala. Panos is yes working out, Panos is not working out. All of these things. A yid has to live with emunah. Tzadik be'emunosoy yichya. A tzadik lives with emunah. You can't live without emunah, and you can't be a tzadik without emunah. Because the only way to attain such a level is by having an emunah. Emunah means to a deep understanding and a deep relationship and a deep knowledge that there's a Rabbanishalala. And whatever happens is the Rabboni Shem. And there's Ashkocha protests in the world. And whatever happens to me, it's because Hashem wanted it to happen. And there's a Rabboni Shem. And called it over to Rahman and the Tav of it. Everything Hashem does is good. But we have to live this. And this is the knowledge that we have to live with. This is something that we have to work on every day. Every single day. There should be a day that goes by that we don't think about this. And we should think about this because we have to machazik ourselves. And even if life is going good, say thank you Rabboni Shem that it's going good. But the more you work on this, if chas something doesn't go good, then can you imagine what your life is? You have people that are happy in every situation they're in, and you wonder how. You have people that experience the terrible tzoros. People that buried their own children. We, we, we cannot even contemplate such a terrible thing. To bury your own child. We should never know of such things. But there are people out there that have done this. And these people got up. Like for example, just to give you one small example, the number of years ago you remember the terrible story of Leib Kletsky. In America, I think it's from Borough Park, right? And Rachman, it's not the death that he, that he came to. How did his father get up by the Leviah? I don't know how old he was. He was eight years old, does that make sense? Yes. About eight years old. His father got up by the Leviah and said, I want to thank the Rabbi Nishalaylam for the eight years that the Rabbi Nishalaylam gave me with my son. Do, do you know what that means? You're thanking the Rabbi Nishalaylam? He wasn't joking. He meant it. I want to thank the Rabbi Nishlolem for the eight years that you gave me with my son. That's a level of amuna. How did he get that? Just woke up one day with that amuna? Absolutely not. He worked on it and he worked on it and he worked on it. And he instilled it within him. That's what we need to do. That's our job. If we want to get someone amuna, we need to do this. We need to live this. Every day It's the permit within our blood and our veins, in our bodies. Because then we can cope with everything in life. And everything is good and everything is fine. I'm not saying be oblivious to the world and do whatever it is because Hashem runs the world so we do whatever it is. No, of course not. A person has to work hard. A person has to try. A person has to do a person has to daven. A person has to talk to Hashem. But the first step 
believed as a Rabbi Shalom. He created the world. He's running the world constantly. Every single moment of our lives. He's looking at us like that dear son. The Rabbi Shalom loves us more than your father can ever love you. And I'm sure your father loves you very, very much. But the Rabbi Shalom loves you much more. Much more. You can't even understand it. You think he wants something bad from you? He wants the best. He loves you. If the Rabbi loves you more than your father can ever love you, he only wants the best. Does he give you an assignment sometimes? Yeah, because you need it. Or whatever it may be. Rabbi Shalom, the Chovetz Chaim, and we'll end with this. The Eilig Chovetz Chaim says that at the end of time, right before Mashiach comes, the Rabbi Shalom will stretch a rope from one end of the world to the other end and shake it vigorously. Anyone who holds on tightly will survive. Those who let go will not. These are the times that we're living in right now. The times of shakeable emunah that we have to hold on tight. There's a wind blowing very, very, very strong right now. But if we hold on and we tightly grab hold on to that rope of emunah and the anchor of emunah and faith in the Rabbani Shalom, it can literally change our lives. Okay, we'll continue tomorrow.